Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the latest protein supercluster announcement. And up first in today's country comment, Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson will stop by to chat about the forage insurance review. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The province released details of its forage insurance review through Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation last week. I caught up with Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson. Farmers are familiar with crop insurance, and crop insurance actually has about a 90% participation rate. But on the forage insurance side, which is uh, you know, feed for cattle, livestock, we, we have less than 20% of farmers participating in the forage insurance. So obviously we needed to look at it to see why we had such a low participation. So we did a review, reached out to farmers, the beef producers, Keystone Ag, the Forage uh, Association. We got lots of input back from uh, individuals and groups. And so now MASC put together the report. They've released it to the public with some uh, initial recommendations, and then now we will look uh, back, or we'll go back to these uh, different groups and to individual farmers and say that this is what MASC is looking to do, uh, how to improve the program. And so we need to do a, uh, um, one of the things we need to do is do a better job of, of informing farmers of what the actual programs are and other existing options, and then some of these new options that that perhaps we can, can work in here. And so we know we've missed the production year for this year. It, uh, it's just the way it goes. But we want to have this in place for this fall. So over the fall and during the winter, then farmers can make a, a good informed decision on, a, on an improved forage uh, insurance program. Any other um, key recommendations that, uh, that stood out for you? Well, it, there's... A couple, that, and and again, we have to figure out whether you know whether they work and how they can work. But sort of the the uh, individual yields for uh, uh, records for new uh, producers, you know, that haven't got a, a record of production in there. How do we make sure that that their coverage better reflects their production capacity? Uh, one of the the key challenges that we face is that when when there is a disaster in forage yields, that's when prices go up. So how do we relate insurance back to what the actual cost of uh, buying hay to replace what you what you are needed to produce? Those are a couple of things. Uh, and then uh, just in terms of the actual red tape of applying for it, we've got to make the application simpler and, and easier understood so that, so that it, uh, you know, that'll all encourage participation in it. Just wondering if you had any update on what's been happening in the southeast with the flooding. Any update on, on how producers are dealing with that? I, Corey, I was actually down there after we spoke last week. Uh, I was down there, did a great tour with uh, one of the municipal councillors and my colleague Dennis Smook. They took me around through the whole municipality of uh, the RMS Durban. Lots of roads washed out, lots of uh, flooded pastures, uh, forage land. Um, the water had come down in parts of it. This is a week ago now, and so it's an ongoing thing. The water has receded, and, and they're you know, just 
still assessing damages. They don't know how extensive the damage will be in terms of forage production, crop production. Many of the of the seeded acres there were the actual water had actually receded mostly off of them. So it's, it was early yet to. Uh, and I spoke with MASC earlier this week, and and they also were still just assessing with the you know potential damages. That was Manitoba Agriculture Minister Blaine Peterson talking about the province's forage insurance review. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The federal government has announced financing of close to $100 million for the new Merit Functional Foods plant in Winnipeg. The financing includes $10 million in repayable contribution from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's Agri-Innovate program, $25 million in debt financing from Farm Credit Canada, $55 million in debt financing from Export Development Canada, and $9.2 million from the Protein Industries Canada Supercluster announced earlier. It's projected that Merit will use 10,000 metric tons of yellow peas and 17,000 tons of canola seed in its first year. It will be the first facility in the world with the capability to produce food-grade canola protein ready and safe for human consumption. The plant, scheduled to be fully operational in December of this year, will create 80 new jobs. The Manitoba government has released details of a review on forage insurance programs offered by Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation. Ag Minister Blaine Peterson talked about some of the key recommendations. Individual yields for records for new producers, you know, that haven't got a record of production in there. How do we make sure that that their coverage better reflects their production capacity? One of the, the key challenges that we face is that when there is a disaster in forage yields, that's when prices go up. So how do we relate insurance back to what the actual cost of uh, buying hay to replace what you what you are needed to produce. More than 1,200 producers currently have forage insurance through MASC, insuring more than 272,000 acres. And Glenborough-based Prairie Fava is part of a consortium investing $19.2 million to further pea and fava bean processing on the prairies. Other partners include Protein Industries Canada and Roquette, which is building a pea processing plant near Portage. Haley Jeffries is co-founder and CEO of Prairie Fava. Fava production is a great example of the innovation that is happening on Western Canadian farms. Innovation that will directly benefit consumers and the changing environment that farmers are and will continue to face for the future. Protein Industry Canada funding will allow us to increase our splitting capacity, optimize processing parameters, and develop and commercialize products for consumers and the food industry. With the inclusion of the project, Protein Industries Canada has invested $79 million into projects across Western Canada. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, June 22nd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on the latest protein supercluster announcement. Protein Industries Canada has announced its sixth investment into a collaborative R&D project to help advance Canada's plant protein ecosystem. The project will see $19.2 million invested between Protein Industries Canada, Roquette, and Glenborough-based Prairie Fava. Bill Gruel is CEO of Protein Industries Canada. Today I'm pleased to announce a Protein Industries Canada investment with Roquette and Prairie Fava. This is a $19.1 million investment. 
9.6 from Protein Industries Canada and a $9.6 million investment from our industry partners. And the project is truly Canadian. In addition to exploring new uses for both pea and fava, including utility of pea fava protein products, it will also invest into research to address unique challenges of processing on the prairies. Partially that means how to mitigate the effects of very cold weather. None of us want to admit it, but eventually winter is coming. These are the types of challenges we need to overcome in order to maximize our processing potential here in Canada. This type of investment into R&D will create new knowledge and technologies in our sector. It will help generate new processes, improve efficiencies, and lead to new ingredients and products. And it's one way in which we will realize Canada's portion of the multi-billion dollar global plant protein market. But it will take more than investment into R&D for Canada to realize its full potential. We also require a highly competitive business environment. And this will create one by helping build capacity in our sector. It means we have to have the right regulatory environment to support innovation. We have to expand access to markets and we need to put the right people with the right skills in the right jobs. And this project does that. It brings together technology from a Canadian SME and applies it to large scale projects and gain entrance into global markets. And over the course of this project, more than 11 academic institutions will be involved. These institutions will conduct research and deliver programming to help the next generation of workers. It builds on Canada's strength in pulse crop production and will help further our position as a global leader in plant protein. And it will bring benefit to Canadians through a stronger, more robust agri-food processing industry right here in Canada. That was Bill Gruel, CEO of Protein Industries Canada, which has announced its sixth investment into a collaborative R&D project to help advance Canada's plant protein ecosystem. Continuing on today's Prairie Eggwire, Glendalee Allen Wasser talks with Rick Block, the Saskatchewan coordinator of the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Rick, can I get you to fill us in on the food grain projects that are being planned here in the province? We're very fortunate in Saskatchewan. This year, there's 32 registered projects. Uh, one of those projects actually has four locations, and so there's actually 35 kind of registered project locations in around Saskatchewan. Um, all have been seeded. Many are in the process right now. Uh, we're in we're in spraying season, so they'll be sprayed and um I do hear of some dry areas, particularly maybe down in the southeast. Um, But really overall, there's been quite good uh, growing conditions. And I think there's a lot of hope for perhaps a a great crop. Now, something I wanted to touch on with you is the aspect of Grow Hope Saskatchewan. Grow Hope Saskatchewan is, is in fact, the project that is, you know, it's one project, but it actually includes uh, four project locations. Um, the concept for Grow Hope really is as um, is really connected to uh, trying to kind of connect and link in and draw more uh, urban-based supporters to these agricultural projects. Now, traditional growing projects often are located within, you know, one of Saskatchewan's rural communities. Uh, local agribusiness typically step forward in order to uh, support uh, the input costs for that. And local farmers uh, will will typically uh, tend that crop um, on land that is often donated by someone in the area. Uh, Grow Hope is a little bit of a different project model in that we have uh, farm families that um, 
really resonate with the mission of the Food Grains Bank and are offering uh, acres, uh, uh, are offering essentially the production of X number of acres uh, towards supporting the Food Grains Bank. And the key piece here is that it's largely, and it can be people from various communities, even farming communities, but largely urban-based supporters of the Food Grains Bank that would want to see their investment go to one of these projects. Obviously, the uh, the financial proceeds go to the Food Grains Bank. That is then multiplied by uh, by the Canadian government four to one. And really, the I mean, obviously, the 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 primary plot in all of this essentially is the work that happens internationally. But I think uh, a subplot and also also very important is the way in which Grow Hope has this possibility of connecting urban and rural. And that's a conversation, a dialogue. Uh, that's a relationship that we, I think, all know in Canada that could definitely grow and improve. Grow Hope um, really started kind of right in around the Rostron area, and that's where one of the locations is, just uh, just west of Rostron on Highway 312. Uh, it has now grown to three additional locations. So there's um, another field with a Herget family out at uh, Bruno, uh, just outside of Bruno, uh, and then as well the Suntag family. Um, up by Good Soil, so kind of uh, a little bit north and west of Meadow Lake. Uh, and then this year, 2020, uh, a fourth site has been added, and that is that main centre with uh, the Siebert family. There's been um, really good response, I mean, for a young project that, you know, you never, you're never going to meet your, your total vision in the early years. But even in the first year, uh, we had all 160 acres that were available uh, were sponsored. Uh, the second year, we grew a bit in terms of number of acres that were available for sponsorship, uh, but it, it dipped a little bit. I think it was uh, right around 125 acres that were sponsored. Um, and this year, the third year, um, I mean, farmers have stepped forward to offer acres. There's actually 305 acres available for sponsorship. Um, and But things have been going very well. Interestingly, um, because we're not able to meet uh, together in person as much, we've really had to shift more to, uh, you know, a, a more digitally based type of promotion. Um, but even now we're in mid-June and we're, I think, right around 50 acres that have been sponsored. And so obviously there's a long ways to go, but we still have a number of months in order to continue to tell our story. And so, um, yeah, it's an exciting project and we enjoy the manner in which we can link urban and, and rural folks together. That's Rick Block, the Saskatchewan coordinator for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. For Golden West, I'm Glenda Lee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glenda Lee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Bossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars take place every Tuesday night starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The official Manitoba Hunter Safety Course is now available online. It's endorsed by the province and the Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Go to huntercourse.com to register. Keystone Agricultural Producers is hosting a webinar on best practices for hiring farm labor during a pandemic. That'll take place June 23rd starting at noon. You can register on the CAP website. The Association of Manitoba Municipalities is hosting a webinar on the fuel program. 
June 23rd, starting at 10 a.m., visit the AMM website to register for that webinar. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, the Portage and Oakville 4-H clubs are holding an online auction. Jonathan Carson is the owner of Carson Farms Simmentals. He outlines what the auction is all about, chatting with Golden West reporter Mike Bloom. The auction is about the 4-H uh, members being able to kind of have our uh, finish off to the year kind of thing because we can't have the Interclub in Portage this year. So we decided we still wanted to do something. And we know that the people really like uh, being able to purchase our steers and lambs. So we decided to turn the auction online this year so we could still sell our animals and people would still have access to the quality meat that uh, they've known to love. Could you explain again how you're raising the uh, steer and how that works for auction? So we started back in December. Uh, we had weigh day, so we selected our steers and that, and then we went to weigh day. And then from December on, we started working with our steers. We're tying them up, uh, working their hair, getting them used to us, getting them used to walking on the halter and that, washing them, uh, getting them clipped up and ready for the show. And then... Yeah. Um, well, then once it comes time to the auction this year, um, I guess you'll be all be online and that, and then uh, you'll get your uh, dressed percentage uh, meat from the carcass of the steer, um, and then yeah, it can go to the abattoir of your choice, and uh, yeah. How much is it? The full steer type of thing, all the meat? Yeah. So, like on a, I'm not certain on 100% on the numbers, but like on a 1,400-pound steer, he might dress like 750-pound carcass, and then you could expect um, probably about five to 700 pounds of meat from that steer for your freezer. Sounds like a good deal. Yeah, yeah. So how do people get involved in the auction? So you can go to portageonline.com and uh, sign up for the auction. The auction is July, or sorry, June 22nd to July 2nd uh, this year. So uh, you have many a day, quite a few days to bid on a steer or multiple steers uh, of your choice and the lamb. Where's the money go toward? What's it going to be used for? So we'll donate 1% of the sale to a charity of our choice, and then the rest of the money goes to the 4-H member themselves, uh, typically, it goes b back into the pr uh, payment for the feed for the steer for the year and the cost uh, that it, uh, the steer costs them at the start of the year to buy. And then it also the money uh, the kids will put away for uh, schooling and the money will go towards the steer for next year as well. That was Jonathan Carson, the owner of Carson Farms Sementals. He was chatting with reporter Mike Bloom talking about the Portage and Oakville 4-H Club's online auction. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Protein Industries Canada has announced its sixth investment into a collaborative R&D project to help advance Canada's plant protein ecosystem. The project will see $19.2 million invested between Protein Industries Canada, Roquette, and Glenborough-based Prairie Fava. Bill Gruel is CEO of Protein Industries Canada. This type of investment into R&D will create new knowledge and technologies in our sector. It will help generate new processes 
improve efficiencies, and lead to new ingredients and products. And it's one way in which we will realize Canada's portion of the multi-billion dollar global plant protein market. But it will take more than investment into R&D for Canada to realize its full potential. We also require a highly competitive business environment, and this will create one by helping build capacity in our sector. The consortium will work to address nutrition and processing challenges for peas and fava beans on the prairies, while also exploring the utility of blended pea fava protein products. After extensive engagement with the public, the Manitoba government has released details of a review on forage insurance programs offered by Manitoba Agricultural Services Corporation. Larry Wagner is chair of Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. I thought it was a very positive statement of what they took from the producer groups and are going ahead to make it more beneficial for the producers to use. He highlighted some of the key recommendations. In fact, they're looking at more some coverage on the polycrops and changing the corn insurance so that the forage insurance for corn is better. More than 1,200 producers currently have forage insurance through MASC, insuring more than 272,000 acres. And five national seed industry associations have taken the next step towards becoming one new national association. The five organizations, the Canadian Plant Technology Agency, the Commercial Seed Analyst Association of Canada, the Canadian Seed Growers Association, the Canadian Seed Institute, and the Canadian Seed Trade Association have now shared the detailed ratification package with the respective memberships for their votes. The new organization will be called Seeds Canada. Voting will take place over the summer. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.